Hey friends, I'm glad you're joining us again. We're doing another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with picky eaters and comedian Russell Peters. Stay tuned. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap No cap. Um, wait, I, I forget, you're living in Davis proper now. You were living in Sacramento. I, I am now within the city limits of Davis, yes. Is that as depressing as you thought it was going to be, or is, I, I feel like you were having a fun time with Tin. Does that make up, uh... That's that basically the trade-off, yeah. Yeah. It's also, like, it's not really fun to be in Sacramento right now anyway, so... What an indictment of your old roommate. <laughs> I don't think she's going to listen to this, so I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I actually bumped into her at a coffee shop the other day, so I got to see the little corgi. It was pretty great. Oh, nice. Yeah. Man, I remember when you were first moving to Sacramento, and you had to do, like, the roommate interview to try to live in a group house, and they rejected you. That was when I moved to Davis. When you first moved out west, I guess I should have said. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, and I, I, I really liked Ernest, so I would have liked uh, living with him, but I'm not sure how much I really liked living with that many people anyways, so... Did you end up getting to know those people? They were grad students, right? Like, once you got there, was there that awkward moment where it was like, we rejected you as a friend during an interview process, but now we no, have to No, I mean, I saw them anyway. at, like, random parties and stuff, so it was always, like, one of us was kind of drunk, and it was just kind of, like, whatever. Okay. There was never a reckoning. <laughs> we didn't have a reunion special a year later <laughs> where I threw, like, a, my uh, martini in someone's face. <laughs> uh, to be To be on a reality TV show and throw a martini in someone's face. That's the dream. That's my dream. Paul, what reality show would you be on? Flavor of Love? You know, I've never watched that for as memeable as it is, and people like to reference it. Oh, it's it. so good. Yeah, it's really? so good. And then the spinoff, Charm School. Oh, my God. Daisy? You tell me you didn't know about Daisy? Well, so uh, this was like a phenomenon I didn't know about when it was happening. The whole like celebrities making a reality TV show to find themselves a girlfriend or boyfriend. Apparently, Tila yeah. Tequila did this too. Yeah, yeah. And then I Love New York too. I'm not sure which one was the first. And then there was a flavor, not Rock of Love with uh, Brett Michaels. <laughs> I don't know who Brett Michaels is. He was in Poison or like in one of those bands. Mm. I don't know. Sound off in the comments if you uh, really like classic rock and then also really like our podcast. And so for some reason, you're in the weird overlapping part of the Venn diagram of that weird intersection of interests. I think our podcast is like the classic rock of podcasts. I feel like people are going to be telling their like kids about this. This is like uh, listening to this podcast. It's like going to a Ramones show in like in New York in the 70s. I don't When did the Ramones start? <laughs> is this going to be your thing about how everyone who listens to this starts their own podcast because they're <laughs> yeah. so inspired by how good our podcast is? I think it was the Talking Heads that went. Uh, that was for sure one that I know about, I think. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Ramones I've show. heard that exact like anecdote or like way of speaking about a band with so many different bands it's, it's also like... where paul and i met was at a ramon show <laughs> in the 70s this podcast has actually been going on uh eternally this is a shining type situation mm. gonna pan out and you're gonna see like the two of us like you're gonna look at a photograph of the two people doing the first radio show and it's gonna be a handsome arab man and a beautiful guatemalan boy <laughs> a supple nubile guatemalan boy <laughs> <laughs> and a chiseled arab <laughs> that would be a good twist in a movie dude could you imagine if we were looking through like the archives for like podcasting records and like radio <laughs> and we just turned to a page and it's so clearly us in a black and white photo <laughs> <laughs> 
we just blew this case wide open. Michael Bay, get in touch. Our favorite director, Michael Bay. <laughs> and Old Bay Seasoning, get in touch for a sponsorship deal <laughs> crossover event. And the guy who made that Obey street art, uh, get in touch. And uh, Bailey McMillan from high school. <laughs> Adam has been trying to reach you. <laughs> Please call him back. <laughs> Man, another person that I'm pretty sure we're safe from listening to this episode. <laughs> I thought he was uh, one of our more engaged listeners. Oh, no, I met Bailey McMillan from our Oh, high yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Cole probably listens, but I don't think Bailey does. <laughs> yeah, no, Cole's a Shout big out to fan. Cole McMillan, one of two people from our high school who was renowned for his penis size. <laughs> Legends, we're told. You see, I just remember him beating the shit out of Hunter in third grade, which, shout <laughs> out to you. <laughs> Cole. good fight good fight honestly hunter probably could have used a couple more throughout his life what if what if like hunter just got in a lucky shot and we lived in a completely different reality where hunter was the cool kid at our high school because he won that Were fight you done, like started... a david and goliath situation it was no it was like one of those things where because of that one situation hunter just like had the upper hand socially slowly became more and more popular Moving into high school, and he was the popular one in high school, all stemming Mm -hmm. from that alternate reality. Yeah, I don't think even that is enough of a momentum booster (laughs) to get him where he needed to go. (laughs) Um, Okay, yeah. So let's uh, let's refocus, Paul. Let's uh, any anything you want to update us on? Anything that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a pretty good weekend. Um... Oh, aside from going to like six different hello markets and uh, I think like three different uh, Mexican markets. Damn, it's so crazy to me that Bonju was so hard to find that you had to go to six markets and they didn't have them. It's insane, dude. Um, oh, um, one of the interesting things I found going to Arab markets this weekend for our third activity was that uh, the halal markets in, you know what, I, I'm not going to narc, I'm not going to say what city this was, but the halal markets around me. Uh, I think, <laughs> I they think sl- that information's publicly available <laughs> and also <laughs> was stated earlier in this episode. <laughs> Look, if you're, if, if you're the feds, don't rewind the episode. Um, they have Kinder Eggs, which I'm pretty sure are, well, I'm 100% sure. They have the Kinder Surprises, not the new ones that oh, are like gotcha. safe to sell in America. They have like the OG European and Arab ones. And... So I assume they smuggle them in from, like, Canada, which just doesn't seem worth it to sell $1 chocolate eggs in a halal market, but they did. Right, and... You're blowing up their spot. They're going to come after you. I love those things. That was delightful. Did you buy a few of them? I bought 20. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's a lot of surprises. Are you are you using that as a as your advent calendar this year? No. No. Wait, then what's the but plan? Good idea. One a month for 20, for 20 months? Uh, I've already eaten like three of them and given away like five of them, so it's I'm not like this isn't going slowly. Yeah, yeah, you're really becoming a central part of their ring. <laughs> you're becoming a drug runner for them. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I don't know what the situation is, but I'm glad whatever laws stop those from being imported are not stringent enough to stop the halal markets near where I live. And once again, if you are the feds, do not rewind to the beginning of this episode and figure out where I live. They're triangulating the info right now. <laughs> I do like the idea of like that's something that like a kid show would do, even though I guess it is like an adult matter of like having an, a a drug smuggling ring analogy episode where it's them sneaking in Kinder eggs. Oh, I guess yeah. there's also the story where uh, part of his bad boy image is uh, Marilyn Manson has a story about how when he was in high school he went to a Catholic school that didn't allow candy, so he snuck in candy and sold it to kids. 
Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I have a media roundup for this week. Um, I don't. I didn't experience anything worth talking about. I have a bunch of stuff that I have like one light, one like one sentence of stuff to say about. Um, Finish Rami. It was very good. You're right. Season two was quite good. Most of the conversations about that show are just like whether or not you like Rami as a character and most people not liking him. So there's not like a whole lot of interesting stuff to read about it. Uh, I watched Alone Together, which was Little Esther's show. I watched like three episodes of that. It's not that good, but I just wanted to talk about the pilot episode where one of the comedians has a bit about when he was a kid, he thought all dogs were boys and all cats were girls because I know that's something Paul has told me before. <laughs> um, and so I immediately Are thought Are people of Paul stealing my talking. bits? <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's a Paul bit. <laughs> I've been saying that since I was pretty, like, since, like, high school, too. So it's, it's yeah, that's a You've been arguing idea. your theory for so long. I, to me, it made so much sense as a kid. I can definitely see that being, like, something other people shared, the idea that all dogs are boys, all cats are girls, and they're, like, the same species. It seemed so natural an idea to me as a child. It seemed, like, just obviously true. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, man. It, it doesn't really resonate with me, but sure. <laughs> it reminds me of, like, that Hannibal Burris bit about seeing a rat, and he's like, that rat's a dude. There are no lady rats out there. Rats are a dude. That's a dude thing. <laughs> that was a really bad Hannibal Burris impression. <laughs> um... And then I'm just going to list off some music stuff. Uh, Rico Nasty came out with a new album. Uh, Shut the Fuck Up's a pretty fun, pretty fun single. Um, Amine came out with a deluxe version of Limbo. He has a song with Saba that's really good. And a have really we, cool, have cool... we decided how to say his name officially? Are we safe with Amine? Amine. Amine? Okay. Yeah. The accent's over the E. Uh, so he has a song with Saba that's really good. And then a song called Zack and Cody that's a pretty fresh banger. Um, oh, Does it what? remix the Zack and Cody theme song? No, it doesn't. But Brenda Song does do a, a th the third verse. Michi Darko of Flatbush Zombies uh, announced a, a solo album that he's doing. I'm so excited yeah. for that. Yeah, And yeah, he released yeah. a uh, snippet of one of the songs. And dude, it's just like exactly what you want Michi Darko to do on a solo project. It sounds fucking awesome. Oh, a uh, book that I can pull out really quick that I've been enjoying. Um, for the Love, The Art of the Hip Hop Music Video. A uh, cool little book about interviewing uh, hip-hop artists who made really cool music videos. I bought it because the first chapter is about Decca, and uh, it was really cool, and I'm enjoying it so far. It's like a nightly ritual right now where I, I read one of the chapters, I watch the video, I read the interview, and then I watch the video again. And then just, uh, let's see, a quick Milan update. We got a 4-2 win against Celtic after going 2-0 down, and then a 2-1 uh, win against Sampdoria. Killing it as always. And then we had a really good DSA speaker, uh, so I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Rachel and Jolie, who had a uh, very interesting talk about nuanced conversations about identity politics fit within a, uh, you know, uh, Marxist-Leninist framework. Uh, yeah, and that's it for me. Just a whole bunch of smattering of stuff that was kind of cool this week. Uh, you want to move into the uh, topic for this week? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're talking about picky eaters. Yeah. No alternative title this time. I think that basically sums it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, I think a few years back was the first time I heard the theory that like, and you know, I'm very uh, skeptical of evolutionary psychology as basically mm -hmm. an entire science. I think it's like 99% mm -hmm. bullshit and people like backsplaining modern things. But I did, I think I remember a few years ago reading something about how being a picky eater is considered like a very like, oh, yeah. Uh, it's adaptive. like a very obvious evolutionary thing, whether like you needed both types of people in any like group of humans, because one type could excel and survive uh, being picky eaters in times of excess. They wouldn't eat something poisonous for no reason. Uh, so being a picky eater was advantageous and not being a picky eater was advantageous in times of like uh, famine, because you would be willing to try a new or different food source. 
having it be kind of a coin flip whether you were born a picky eater or not was like advantageous to like early human tribes and groups Mm -hmm. which i have no idea if that's true i am so skeptical of evolutionary psychology i tend to think that's probably bullshit but it kind of it makes sense it's one of the few ones that immediately makes sense and doesn't feel like bullshit but i could easily see really? it being bullshit <laughs> i feel like that one's definitely bullshit i feel like any person i know of who's a picky eater it's almost certainly like a cultural thing like if they grew up in a different household i feel like they would definitely just eat whatever like okay. it's very much like an enabling parent thing where they're like well my kid just likes mac and cheese and like both of us don't have time to like figure it out so we're just gonna give him mac and cheese for every meal and then mm. you know and then Ooh. you end up in a Vice documentary 10 years later about how you've only eaten mac and cheese for 18 years. Is that a thing? Is that a real documentary? Yeah, I found it when I was looking up YouTube recipes for mac and cheese <laughs> for Thanksgiving. <laughs> does he, does he like, is it like one of those things where you order a salad, but it has a steak on top because you're cheating because you really don't want to do your like diet. And he's just like, he's like, I eat mac and cheese. It's like one kernel of noodle and like a whole other meal on top, like a lobster. <laughs> no, he, uh, he eats Velveeta shells mac and cheese out of the pot for every single meal oh my god what an empty existence how does he get his like vitamins and his... oh i don't know they didn't address that um <laughs> i asked there wasn't a i didn't watch to the end so i also don't know whether or not he uh if there's like, like a there wasn't like the a part says... of the documentary where it starts out like how quirky and cool and then dark music comes on and they're like but doctors say that this is untenable in five years he will be dead from vitamin c to well no vitamin c you might be able to get from that i don't know yeah yeah well, yeah, I have no idea. He gets zero protein. What what was his body like? Was he like really doughy? Yeah, honestly, like not that much further than what you would kind of think of like a kind of like a basic white dude who plays a lot of video games. Okay. Looks like. Damn. Humans are marvelous creatures. What are your picky eater stories, Adrian? Who are the pickiest eaters you knew who uh, bothered you? That's actually, that's something that I tried to work on as a stand-up bit for the longest time, which uh, was as a kid... Well, there's let's okay. Let me break it down into two stories. One is I recently learned to like mayonnaise because someone made the argument to me that mayonnaise is just egg and oil. So if you like egg and oil, you should like mayonnaise. And so I heard that and was like, yeah, okay. And now I eat mayonnaise. That was a like a 24th year thing that I really thought it was gross and didn't like it on my sandwiches. And now it's whatever. interesting. I also always thought mayonnaise was gross and not like as a modern internet, like oh, this is the boring white person food. Like as a kid, the texture mm -hmm. and I'm with somebody who yeah. almost ate everything. The texture yeah. kind of, like, was really off-putting to me. I would still never dip something in it. It's, like, very good when you have a thin layer on a sandwich, like, on the yeah, bread. Yeah, precisely. But yeah. I would never, I still would never, ever dip something into mayo. Oh, I don't think I would either. Maybe, like, a sriracha mayo would be the closest thing, and that's not, like, a super... You're not, yeah. like, taking it really far, right? You're just putting some hot sauce in it, but uh just that like really helps for me um but yeah so i'm notoriously as a kid i had to modify sandwiches whenever i ordered them anywhere because i didn't like tomatoes and i didn't like mayonnaise and um there was a period in my life where like i realized i stopped asking for those things off my sandwich because i realized i kind of just gave up i was like this is this is too much you know what i'm just gonna order <laughs> i'm just gonna order it all and eat it all now who cares Plus, like when you're ordering fast food it takes them a weird amount of time to make those modifications like you were probably wasting five ten minutes of your life every day probably it's like one of those things when you like look up how long you spend waiting at traffic lights um <laughs> yeah i mean i still don't really like tomatoes and i will now sometimes ask for stuff without them because two things one is to me, adding tomatoes on most stuff just feels like you're pouring a quarter cup of water on it. And the second thing is that the argument people always make is, well, you just haven't had good tomatoes. And it's like, well, I don't care. Like, the places that I go to don't have good tomatoes, so why does it matter? Like, if, if I, my stance is just that I don't I like guess. tomatoes. I guess. I usually like tomatoes. I, 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 I would take that stance more strongly if it was 
we've I, I, there's very few foods oh, i just wait, really like quick. but the third thing tomatoes. also is that i don't really like raw onions so that's why my sandwich orders are always really annoying oh i love raw onions raw onions are they're up there for me as like a good food yeah in your list of good foods they're yeah. up there <laughs> in my list of good food paul's good foods um you were saying grape tomatoes yeah 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 um cherry not grape tomatoes cherry they, tomatoes. Are, they are kind of grape shaped i see why you would say that um yeah i don't like them i think they're it's something about how they burst and how like mm. i just don't like that i don't want the tomato flavor to be none at all until it's flooding your mouth all at once yeah yeah i don't like that either but i do like it on hamburgers i, I definitely would never ask for a tomato off a hamburger i think it it kind of adds like some thickness to the vegetable portion with yeah it, it just kind of like rounds out a few vegetable flavors to just add that little bit of extra flavor what else is there anything i won't eat i'm not really yeah. those are the common things the only other thing for me is uh i really don't like horseradish stuff oh uh, really i like almost everything pickled so horseradish i'm a fan of is horseradish pickled yeah is it does it count as fermented instead of pickled maybe i guess i just mean the general flavor like even if it's like a horseradish like the horseradish hummus at trader joe's or like horseradish chips or oh, I haven't wasabi had... with sushi like all of those things i do not enjoy Oh, I actually really like just like a little chunk of wasabi. You're a madman. No, uh, no, Paul. Did you did you finish your list of stuff you're picky about? Szechuan uh, peppercorns. The numbing gets me a little uncomfy. I don't really like that. Mm. Which is interesting because I do like the numbing of other spicy things like capsaicin spicy things or mm-hmm. um, wasabi spicy things. Um, oh right, right, right. So those two types of like kind of overly strong flavors I like, but then the peppercorns that are numbing that that's not a good type of like overwhelming flavor yeah Um, paul doesn't like losing control like that (laughs) and then i'm i'm one of those people that does like cilantro love cilantro love oh yeah of course um love everything pickled how about black olive that's another one a lot of people ask off of things i like that oh yeah black olives and mushrooms are like the typical like if you order a pizza with those you better ask if everybody's okay with it because some people might not touch it yeah i think i um I went through the ones that like affect me on my daily life in my daily life. Um, but yeah, olives are the other thing that I don't like, mm. especially black olives. And also it's, it's one of those things that's really annoying because like, like you said, if you're in a situation where you're ordering a pizza and you're like, your strategy is to just pick them off. It's one of those things where it, it leaves a footprint, man. It leaves a residue. <laughs> <laughs> it lets you know it was there. <laughs> Do you remember the time when we were at your house and you tried to get me to like olives? No. Um, I told you I didn't like them, and you said that a good olive should just taste salty, and so you gave me some olives from your fridge, and I thought they were okay, because I think they were green olives, but uh, I still don't I still don't fuck with black olives. Yeah, Arab olives, like, are kind of different than American olives. They don't have, like, that very, like, black olive flavor. They really are, like, this, uh, they have pits in them, and they just have, like, this nice, strong flavor. Mm-hmm. Definitely like those way more than American olives. American olives do, like, sometimes taste a little funky. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about that with this uh, situation before we get into the uh, columns is I sent you a tweet, and I'm not going to like read the tweet uh, itself necessarily, but... Oh, yeah, this is a good this is a good. There's a lot of people up, who yeah. push against picky eaters because it's kind of like a cultural joke. Nobody likes a picky eater. They're difficult to be around. Everybody wants to go try different restaurants and not just restaurants that have chicken tendies on the menu. And it people... also kind of bleeds into like anti-vegan vegetarian people too. Yeah, and even yeah. the spiciness is like a whole another category too. Of people being really aggressive about like you should like spicy stuff, but 
yeah. all is intertwined in like this people kind of... don't like feeling like their restaurant options are limited by another person's yeah. eating rules although or by the i would government say during covid vegans iffy but vegetarian i would say it's a pretty bad restaurant if there isn't a single good vegetarian option on the menu like that must be a steakhouse you know what i mean like most places Mm -hmm. should have something so that's been a pretty common like uh cultural touchstone and it seemed like that was obviously the winning side but it seems like in recent years the picky eaters are rising up man they've got their mlk they've got their civil rights movement going and now the uh the pushback against the anti-picky eater narrative is that disliking picky eaters is ableist because picky eaters can't help being picky eaters. Yeah, I mean, this is what we talked about uh, right after you sent me that tweet was like, uh, especially when it comes to not liking cultural foods, to me, it seems pretty obvious that that's like a an unwanting rather than like a not actually liking things. Um, yeah. It's also, I don't know, like it's it's weird to me when people get upset about it in the abstract but it is one of those things where if you're dating somebody or your mom or your siblings or if your child in particular, if you're a parent, is a picky eater, it seems like one of those things where like, I can see why it'd be annoying enough that you like take a strong stance against it. And uh, I think it is something you can change with experience. But uh, I think so I, I too. Obviously, to it's that. hard to know other people's experiences. But when you like encounter a picky eater, it's hard to imagine like, just put it in your fucking mouth and chew. Like, it'll be all right. And... <laughs> <laughs> and but that's obviously from my perception where i would eat like almost anything in this world uh like eating like brains i've eaten tongue i've eaten mm-hmm. a, intestines like and none of it really like I've eaten chicken hearts before on a skewer and they were really good yeah none of it's really bothered me i love liver for example and i think that's considered like a very wacky flavor by some yeah. people uh, or not even wacky flavor i don't think you could think it was a wacky flavor it's a pretty good meat flavor i think it's considered a wacky thing to want to cook and eat um yeah like organ meats um people like all the shit that people think is weird to eat i think i'm kind of down for all of it yeah and so that's why to me it just like it makes no sense but obviously i can't live in their head but it seems like because also usually their argument against it is to like act a little like fold their arms they it seems childish when they refuse to try the thing just like oh oh Mm -hmm. just try it like what's the big deal like maybe like just take a bite and see if you like it they're just like their argument always seems to be immediately to get upset and fold their arms like they're incredibly sad it's never mm-hmm. like it always seems to be like a very emotional like me response that's how the mac and cheese dude was for sure he was like yeah i mean i'm sure i've tried other things but like just the thought of it makes me want to like immediately start gagging <laughs> and i was like all right i mean clearly there's something going on with you but it also just seems i mean it's literally him eating with a pot of mac and cheese at his like lap while he's talking about it man um which yeah, is funny because I... if I had to eat mac and cheese out of a pot two meals in a row, I think it would be hard for me to not gag down that last f- spoonful of mac and cheese. <laughs> it would be too much mm-hmm. in a day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the implication is of like how of what shapes people's tastes this much that it's um, problematic to <laughs> complain about people who are unwilling to try things. But I mean, I get. I think the most reasoned response you can have, right, is like a um, you know, this has whatever ingredient in it. I've tried multiple things with this ingredient in it. I know myself and I know that I don't like this and I don't want to eat it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's actually one of those things where I don't think I've uh, had an experience like this in quite a while. Um, I think most of the things in grad school have been like the large proportion of people I've met um, that are vegetarian, vegan, or during like potluck stuff where you have to like everyone list what their allergies are. 
which for the you know for the record adrian's allergic to shrimp and that comes up every now and then it's really difficult during dim sum is the only time where i'm like really difficult to be around because uh, i have to ask if there's like shrimp powder in anything mm. um or when you're opening asian snack food boxes yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like I said, actually, did I say that on pod that I still tried the shrimp snacks anyways and just like kind of just had a little bit? Yeah. And they were great. <laughs> they were really good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that. Uh, you want to hop into the articles? Yeah, because I think the articles bring in a good like extra dimension to like where this kind of seems particularly rude or annoying to be this kind of person. All right. So. And I think this week we're doing something special, right? Because both our articles are so similar. We're going to do kind of like a, a comparing and contrasting wow essay we're gonna do an intro three three body paragraphs and an outro and our outro has to start with the words in conclusion in conclusion <laughs> that our... was actually one of the funny, funniest moments i ever had from a teacher was uh my english teacher in high school was giving us writing advice and she was like when students start their conclusion by saying in conclusion just fyi guys i have never like read the last paragraph and been like whoa is this the conclusion like i know you guys are doing a conclusion you don't gotta spell it out for me <laughs> Shout out to Ms. Neely. So All we're doing right. something a little bit different with this, epi- with this episode, where we're uh, comparing and contrasting two very similar questions. We'll pitch both questions at the same time, to, because I think basically we'll have the same ideas about both of them. And if there are any differences, maybe that's kind of where we can find the interesting points about what differences do and do not make being a picky eater acceptable and in what situations and how it can be handled. So my article this week is coming from the Brunswick News by Harriet Cole. And I did not do my research before this episode, so I don't know what her deal is, but I'm sure she's great. This is from February 27th, 2020. Oh, by the way, the title is Friends Food Pickiness is Rude. Dear Harriet, I have a friend who is super picky. My mother is Thai, and she makes many Thai delicacies whenever I have friends over. My other friends eat and enjoy my mother's food. However, this one friend refuses to eat it or says it's disgusting. I've tried numerous times to find certain foods that my friend may like, to no avail. At this point, whenever I have her over, I have to order food instead of eating my mother's home-cooked meals. I know my friend is picky, but her reactions to my mom's food are a bit rude. I love my friend, but she can be such a handful when it comes to food. What should I do? Alright, and very similarly, my question, which is a little bit longer, it's from Amy Dickinson in the Detroit Free Press. Um, Oh, shout out, if anybody wants to read the Washington Post amy dickinson article that seems like all of hers get syndicated to the detroit free press which you can access for free don't pay for a washington post uh, subscription y'all big facts no cap uh life hack dear amy i married into a korean family i'm not korean my mother lives nearby she is very could you imagine the uh the hilarity of saying you married into a korean family (laughs) while also being korean (laughs) like i think Wait, no, that's probably what one of those new-ass woke white people says about marrying into a white family. I married into a white family. I'm also white. <laughs> <laughs> but they're white-ass crackers, not like me who's cooling down. <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going. My mother lives nearby. She's very close-minded about food. She won't try new things and rarely goes to restaurants because she tends to nitpick every part of the meal. Or she says some ing- ingredients disagree with her. Recently, my in-laws threw a big party at their house to celebrate my mother-in-law's 70th birthday. The party was catered, mostly uh, featuring Korean food. They invited my mother to the party, knowing that she was likely going to have issues with the food. I gave her a heads up so she could plan accordingly. She said, don't worry about me, and so I didn't. At the party, she immediately stated that she couldn't eat a thing. 
My very sweet father-in-law paid special attention to her, encouraging her to try something. A few minutes later, I looked out and saw my mother-in-law firing up the grill in order to cook a single hamburger for my mom while everyone else sat down at the table and enjoyed the catered food. While everyone was polite, I was incredibly embarrassed at my mother's closed-mindedness and stubborn behavior. I want her to try new things and to get out of her comfort zone. I also don't want to exclude her just on the basis of her picky eating habits. What would you recommend? All right. So the first thing that stands out to me, Adrian, is the difference in who's asking the question. Because in the first one, we have somebody who, what culture was your food? Thai. Thai. We have the person who's actually Thai saying the question about their white friend. How do I get my white Mm. friend to try our food? And stop being so whiny and annoying. So it's like from the frustrated party. And this question, we mm-hmm. have the white person who's like, oh, Jesus Christ, you're embarrassing us, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like slightly different levels of like who's embarrassed and what the like embarrassment is, whether it's like frustration or embarrassment. Yours mm-hmm. is more, your article is more what I can relate to, which is frustration at picky eaters. Yeah, 100%. Uh, whereas mine my article is like somebody who's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's a slight difference there. It is friends and family again. So it's people you care about. It's not like what I was saying before, where it's like you're just like venting about people who are generally picky eaters. This is really affecting your life that the first person has to change the fact that they order food whenever this friend comes. And the second one is like, I don't know whether or not I can bring my mom to yeah social gatherings i mean i know 70 isn't that old but to make a 70 year old woman at her own party celebrating her birthday fire up the grill to cook a single hamburger that's like big dick <laughs> energy by the mom <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that i mean obviously she's being really rude on that one yours didn't come with any particularly infuriating instances this mine came with a story which was like Literally, like, he gave you a heads up, you couldn't eat in at home, and then just had a polite nibble of their food and not made them work extra, but she purposefully showed up on an empty stomach. <laughs> she purposefully showed up and cooked the most American food you could make. No, 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 no. Really the love. mother, he made the, she made the mother-in-law, the person who's birthed, the Korean woman, cook the food. Wait, what? I thought it said that her husband did it for her. No, no, my, my father-in-law. Father so the Korean oh. father-in-law tried to help her out. Then the mother-in-law, was the one whose birthday it was, was the one who cooked her the burger. Oh, Jesus, what the fuck? <laughs> That's horrid. <laughs> she made her cook American food for her. That's awesome. That's Yeah, you're right. That's a that's a, that's a a power move. It's your birthday, more about like, and you've already yeah, catered is... a beautiful Korean meal, but please, you personally make me a hamburger. <laughs> Well, at that point, I already know what this is. This isn't about food. This is about familial politics. And <laughs> the white mother has established herself as the matriarch. Um, of the entire both families. <laughs> she yeah, yeah, yeah. over them all. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm not saying people who are picky eaters are morally flawed, but it seems like there's a correlation. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Either they're rude or they are outright, like, doing shitty stuff like this mom. Well, that's quite ableist of you, Adrian. Hey. What can I say? I hate uh, the weekend. Oh, Abel. It took me a second, but <laughs> Yeah, was, yeah, there you go. It was you it go. was all right. Four out of ten. Oh, by the way, speaking of food, I feel like I should do my uh, Jack Rabbit beer corner really quick. Um I have not decided to completely cancel the segment yet. I went there a couple times this weekend actually and uh, enjoyed myself. They've won me over. I have the uh, Jack Rabbit Temple collaboration temple is a coffee shop in sacramento previously mentioned as part of my canceled for covid but uh 
I bought this anyways. Um, it's actually one of Tin's favorite places to get coffee beans. So, I mean, I'm already drinking their coffee anyways. But yeah, it's an oatmeal stout with coffee in it. Really classic combination. And what's really interesting is that the coffee that they mixed it with is a special holiday blend that Tin also has made me espressos of. So I've been able to try the coffee by itself in like its purest form and then also with the beer. And uh, I gotta say, not surprisingly, I like it better with the beer. It's a good combo. Uh, oh, check it out nice. while you can. Oh, it looks like a nice dark one too. So it's not a coffee beer that has milk, which I don't really like those. No, no, you have to pour the milk in yourself. They have a little station with like some cream and sugar. <laughs> They're actually one of those fancy places where they have like honey and agave as well and a little cinnamon and like a nutmeg shaker if you want that too. <laughs> All right, focus back in, focus back in. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so obviously I think our strategy of putting these questions together makes a lot of sense. They're very, very similar questions. Mm-hmm. In varying in how rude the person who's central to those story. Yeah, I wish yours came with like a particular instance where like the friend like took the food I mean, and like did like that sitcom thing where they fed it to the dog because they couldn't eat it or whatever. I'm sure they have a story. They just chose not to share it. But there's also something to me, I guess both of them are about people being rude to people's mothers. But that also was like, if someone said that about my mom's food, I would be like, yo, I don't know if I want to be friends with you anymore. <laughs> that's kind of that's like, <laughs> she's just a sweet old lady trying to make some fucking like soup for you. Um, um i do have that experience also, of being the foreign friend and i used to introduce people to a lot of foods when they would come to my house yeah that was a pretty common mm-hmm. experience to me i don't remember well actually yeah no my best friend growing up was a pretty picky eater but my mom just kind of accommodated him and made things they liked mm-hmm. um it was him and his brother that would come over a lot and she would just like make cookies and stuff <laughs> she would just kind of like american it down for when they were over so it was like a thing where like she knew ahead of time or like she had to on the fly switch her game plan because they were coming over. I would invite them for in elementary school for a lot of uh, sleepovers and she would always make us cookies for breakfast. And that was I think they would eat dinner before they came. So it was like that mm. was kind of the one meal. She would make cookies and muffins for breakfast like and they loved it because they weren't oh, allowed nice. to have sweets at home. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Your mom's really your mom's a straight up G, dude. I love it <laughs> when like uh, I think my mom did that, too, for certain kids were like. If their parents wouldn't let them have something, they, she would be like, oh, I mean, it's fine. You can have a little bit while you're over here. Um, <laughs> the other story that I have really quick, and this one, like, I think that's one of those things where I can see why people get so mad about this because it just in your like gut, it makes you so angry. But like speaking of like experiences where they actually engage with the food a little bit, uh, even if it's half hearted. I remember I bought a bunch of snacks from Trader Joe's for when I was going to the drive in movie theater with my friend Justin and his girlfriend at the time. Was I there? And. Were we going to see Inside yeah, Out? Yeah, it was when we went to go watch In and Out, Inside Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah or, uh... Thank you for forgetting I was there. <laughs> you piece of shit. Sorry, sorry. I was mostly thinking about Hannah because she was. I, I thought like I really did not like her in this one moment. Uh, overall, my opinion of her was very neutral, but this really got to me. Is um, I bought uh, salt and vinegar chips, which are some of my favorites. And she mentioned at the beginning, she was like, "Oh, I don't really like those." And I was trying to pass snacks around, and I was like, "Okay, cool, no problem." Halfway through the movie, I see her pick up the bag of salt and vinegar chips, sniff it wince and make a face about it and then put them back down and i was like you already told me you don't like it what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> like what like was she suddenly like trying to give it a shot and then was like oh no i'm reminded why i don't like this like no what what, what was the point you're trying to make you you, <laughs> you fucking person <laughs> you wacky ass person <laughs> yeah it got me so upset i remember i think i told justin about it afterwards too <laughs> we had to have a talk about it oh i love salt and vinegar chips they kind of smell bad They're sometimes so I see why she put them. She, maybe she's never tasted them because they do kind of have a way nastier smell than their nice flavor. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> she was also a very like basic ass white woman, so uh, I she think had, that was outside of her. She had gay dads, Adrian. I think you're forgetting that. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm surprised she didn't really like salt. Uh, didn't really step out of her comfort zone with food. But yeah, any advice for these picky eaters? I guess it's to the people who are dealing with picky eaters, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I, I guess both of them are kind of solved by just telling both of them to like eat before you come, which I know is like a super rude thing to say. Like my parents once got really mad at me for saying that to a friend because uh, it was Ben in sixth grade. It was one of those nights where like, my mom didn't have plans for dinner, so she was like, just find whatever you can eat, like leftovers and stuff. And so Ben was coming over, and uh, like they heard me talking to him on the phone, and I was like, oh yeah, you can come over, you should probably eat before you come. Um, and they were so angry that I would tell someone like who was going to be a guest in our house that they should eat before they come over. And so they had like a talk with me after that where they were like, you don't, t- you don't say that to people. That they are welcome to eat whatever <laughs> when they come here. And I think my mom had to like cook something because of it, but uh yeah, so I know that, like, maybe culturally and, like, for other reasons, it seems rude to tell people to do that. And I guess the other quick story, this is one, I think, a very story episode, a very story-heavy episode, um, I guess because everyone has these experiences. The other one was I argued with my undergrad uh, research advisor about this because uh, I had been vegetarian, like, the year or two before, and we were talking about someone who at, like, a cookout that he went to uh, wouldn't eat what they serve because it was meat and they're vegetarian and i was like oh yeah i feel like the move there is you just like bring your own veggie burgers for like to cook for yourself right and he was like no the thing you do is you just eat what they serve you and i was like well that's obviously not correct right like that's like if you have dietary restrictions like that's you know just don't make it super inconvenient for people but well yeah, he was, like, he was the person saying that. that right he yeah. was a vegetarian well i mean it's no 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 no. he wasn't a vegetarian he was the one oh. who was saying like that person should just eat and whatever they served them Oh, okay, that's stupid because you don't know the reason. But if it's you yeah, yourself, exactly. you can choose to be, like, a flexible vegetarian in those situations. Yeah, that's, uh, like, the Buddhist thing, right? Where, like, I think um, they're notoriously vegetarian, but they'll eat whatever they're given because, like, there's some monks that just eat off whatever people give them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In that case, it's unreasonable. I, I meant if you were setting a rule for yourself, it's reasonable to say I'm vegetarian, except for if the food is being served, in which case I don't want to, like, be trouble. Sure. And when I was vegetarian, I had a specific rule where I would eat meat uh, if it was a dish I'd never tried before. So it was like a very like explicit, like if there's something new to try. That's why you out. always went to a new restaurant and you were like, chicken number 35 <laughs> next day. Chicken number 34, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, no, I that that all makes sense. And I agree with that. Um, you're right um, about the whole telling people to just... My parents would have gotten upset at that too. Uh, I think maybe mm-hmm. it's like a like I don't want to say poverty culture thing, but it does seem like a third world thing to be like, oh, like we take pride in like being good hosts and being serving. able to serve food, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not yeah. like leaving people out of it. Um, the the last thing I'll mention, and it doesn't really have to do with the questions, is did you ever play around with the fact that people didn't know about your food? I guess Hispanic food's a little bit more like knowledge based in the U.S., but like. I could fuck with yeah. people so hard at my house. Like, uh, the the olives I gave you, I, I told the guy once those were goat testicles, and he believed me. <laughs> Josh from down the street, um, and then I ate one. Oh, nice. Uh, there's, uh... Wait, did you also do that thing where, like, you made him blindfolded, he, like, put his hand into, a, like, a, a bowl of grapes, and he told him they were eyeballs, and, like, he told him that there were brains in the next bowl, and it was just spaghetti? <laughs> Nah, but then uh, then I let him try one, and once he hit the seed, he realized it wasn't goat testicles. Oh. He hit the nut. <laughs> oh um, yeah. Um, I never did anything like that. Yeah, I think I think uh, I was I was not super surprised that we couldn't find a, a Latin based kind of version of this article, 
But it is something where proximity, and then also because there's enough Americanized Latino food that, like, yeah, you know, people kind of get the gist. Like, obviously, they're not, like, you know, I think there's probably still a lot of Americans who haven't tried, like, even, like, mole or, like, you know, like, an actual tamale mm. or whatever. But there's enough, like, crossover of, like, stuff that we eat day to day that they would know what we're eating. What is this, Adrian? A taco? <laughs> <laughs> Am I saying that correctly? <laughs> oh, so now you guys call cheese queso. Okay, okay. That's interesting. Hmm. Such a rich and beautiful culture. <laughs> um, You know, actually, your story kind of makes me want to try and dig deep and find a story, because I'm sure I have one about people trying different, like, weird foods in there my another, house. But, uh... There was another. I can tell a few more. Um, There was one kid. Yeah. He was the one who didn't, like, red meat. I remember one time there was, like, a leaf on my table that I guess had just, like, come in from outside or something, just fallen on the table, and I was just, like... Oh, there's a leaf on your table. That's actually like a Lebanese thing for the start of the fall. <laughs> um, there was the time Adam, Adam, friend of the pod. I'm sure you're listening. Love you, buddy. Um, there was a time in my house. I don't know if this was a Lebanese thing or just my house. Uh, we used to keep salt not in a shaker, but in like a little bowl on the table. So you could just grab a pinch of it. Oh, your food. I remember this story. Yeah, um, it's a classic one. And we had a lot of them around the house, so we just had two bowls of salt on the table at that time. It was probably, like, one from the kitchen just got moved to the table. It just happened to be two on the table. He was just like, oh, are, is that salt or sugar? And I was like, well, one of them salt, the other sugar. <laughs> and <laughs> they were definitely both salt. But he takes, like, a little bit of one of them, tastes it. He's like, oh, this one's salt. I'm like, oh, so the other one's sugar then. And so he takes, like, a big handful of the other one and just slaps <laughs> it in his mouth. <laughs> I guess what I never questioned about this story is why did he want to have a handful of sugar in his mouth? <laughs> you, you know, I'm not sure about that. That's on Adam. Adam, leave a comment on the pod. Leave another review on the pod. Shout, um, <laughs> sound off in the comments. Let us know why you wanted a handful of sugar. I think one thing that I introduced, so I think um, high school girlfriend came over a lot and ate over at our house. And I think she was a general, a generally polite person. So she, uh, whether or not she liked anything, I, I, she never told me about it. But I think one thing we introduced her to that I didn't realize was weird is um, Latinos are very big on putting salt on fruit. And then we're also very big on like putting like chili and lime on, on fruit and like really spicing up our fruit. So I grew up like eating oranges with salt, like sprinkled on it. Oh, we, we um, do that with fruit as well in Arab culture. It just like, but not with oranges. We do it with like already better fruit so like a green apple will get some salt on mm -hmm. top yeah or there's this a uh, really nice snack that my mom would make sometimes which is just like sliced cucumbers with lime and tahini which is like a chili uh, powder oh that sounds delicious i really like cucumber based mm -hmm. things cucumber is a really nice flavor that is underutilized because i guess it's like mostly water so it's hard to get the flavor yeah. into dishes oh yeah we used to we used to cut up lemons and just kind of like you know eat them like you'd eat an orange and white people think that's <laughs> nasty <laughs> But I've just, like, bit really bitter, really sour flavors I've always been a fan of. I don't know if that's just my family or an Arab thing. It's kind of hard to tell when you're so, like, detached so from isolated. the rest of the community. That's a, yeah, it's a very big thing. Is like, I can't tell how much of our culture is insular to my family and how much of it is, like, actually legitimate. <laughs> I like that we both have that experience. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely some things where I'm like, is that an Arab thing or is my dad weird? I know. <laughs> like, it's a 50-50 shot. <laughs> God, I was trying to think of a funny example, but I can't, I can't, I have nothing to riff on right now. <laughs> oh, also, I mean, we've already shattered her out before with her market, but Camilla's mom, um, something that I did not grow up drinking at all was uh, tea. And whenever I went to Camilla's house, we always went to Camilla's house for group projects in IB because she had, you know, the nicest house to wherever, you know, they were living in Governor's Grant. Um, and so we would always shout uh, out to Nikki there Haley. and like hang out. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or no, that's not Governor's Grant. Where did she lived in one of those fancy neighborhoods? And um, so she had the nicest house that she would always host. And her mom introduced me to green tea, mm. and I drank so much of it the first time I was there. She actually gave me one of like the like in tea pot strainer combo things from her store. Uh, the next time I was over, she's a very oh. nice lady. Oh, very yeah. sweet. Oh, she also gave me a uh, yeah. She gave me a uh, a cup too that had like an in a built-in little strainer cup. Just a oh. weird thing that I found out I really liked. My uh, my landlord's been doing a lot of work on my apartment. Why I haven't been in Charlotte uh, in a while. Uh, so he's been spending a lot of time in there alone doing work on the room for like the room that's not ready for me to move in yet because of water damage. But one of my uh, one of my Arab coffee cups was just cracked in the center and apparently he broke it and he let us know but it was like on a desk in a place where he definitely shouldn't have been so it was just so obvious he was snooping <laughs> which oh geez <laughs> i don't know what to do with that info but <laughs> yeah i'm not sure how you went from camilla's mom to that <laughs> but, uh, um just because it was said... like you said she gave you a glass and i was thinking of my arab coffee uh, cups my turkish coffee cups that got broke your um, demitas he also called it a sake cup when he told us. He was like, oh, I accidentally He just assumes one. you're a drunkard from all the empty cans you leave whenever you come over. <laughs> um, so, wait, are you doing, like, are you setting out traps for him to, like, see if you're, uh, if he's going? No, he's done now. He's actually, like, a very sweet person. So, I, 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 maybe there was a legitimate reason. Maybe he was just curious because they do look pretty. So, maybe he just saw them and was like, oh, let me, like, pick this up and look at it. Um, was not one of those things where you like left out a line of banana peels that went from your room to the part of the house where that cup was? There was definitely no reason for it to be him anywhere to be anywhere near it, but I, I assume he just thought they looked pretty and wanted to like pick it up and look at it closer. Damn. Well, um, hey, shout out to him for at least telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. a telltale heart situation. Okay, any more stories you want to tell before we get into the answers? I'm trying to think. I remember we talked on another episode about Hunter being a real douche about Indian food. Did you ever have a bad situation with Hunter at your house? Well, the first time his mom dropped him off at my house, she was like, be careful for terrorist shit. <laughs> but that doesn't have to do with food. Um, oh, yeah, there was the runny egg situation. Uh, my mom cooks eggs runny. Like, uh, when you make a sunny side egg. Yeah, as you should. Uh, she makes them runny. And one time she made us, you were there. Uh, so I don't know if you remember this. She was just like, you guys both slept over. She made egg sandwiches in the morning, like uh, like English muffin, sausage, eggs. Yeah, you were there. And she made the egg that, that went great. in the uh, English muffin runny, because that's how I liked it. Hunter took a yeah. bite of it, was like, it like started like doing this thing like he was going to puke from runny egg being in his mouth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and Hunter, Hunter got, yeah. <laughs> He had very basic food taste. I remember the one thing he really liked from home was floppy toast, which was this thing where his mom originally had a toaster that only toasted one side at a time. So as a kid, he liked it when one half of his toast was toasted and the other half was left floppy. And that was one of his favorite foods. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I remember one time we made uh, 100% sober. There was definitely nothing illicit going on, but we made uh, Kool-Aid French toast, which was Kool-Aid powder <laughs> in the French toast mix. And so it really ended up being very delicious because the kool-aid flavor doesn't come through so it's just kind of blue french toast <laughs> and mm -hmm. i think that would be instagrammable these days yeah it was it was really good all right answers uh since i went first you want me to go first no yeah go first <laughs> okay so this is from picky friend the question was from picky friend uh and so uh harriet cole responds dear picky friend your friend is rude and her behavior is unacceptable <sighs> out the gate Harriet's just coming out swinging. 
Already I like her style. If she cannot find a way to be more gracious about eating your mother's food at home, stop inviting her over. It would be one thing if she were allergic to the food your mother prepares, but that's not it. She just doesn't like it. Think about your mother. I'm sure it hurts her feelings to know that you order food especially for this person when she visits your house. Don't insult your mother by giving it to your friend by giving in to your friend's eating peculiarities. Instead, spend time with her elsewhere. You can let her know that you will not be inviting her over to eat anymore just because the cuisine is not to her liking, and you refuse to allow your mother to be insulted anymore. That's it. Short and sweet from Harriet. Dear Perturbed, Your desire for your mother to leave her comfort zone is natural and understandable, but her extremely picky eating does not excuse her rudeness. Your mother might have ARFID, Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder. <laughs> oh uh, no, Amy's going this route. God Amy damn it. is going, you're being ableist. <laughs> Um, an eating disorder characterized by an extreme aversion to lots of different foods. You could suggest that she research this possibility. Information about ARFID is on the National Eating Disorder website, nationaleatingdisorders.org. God, Amy is so woke. Oh, Jesus. However, having dietary limitation restrictions, phobias, or preferences does not give a person license to announce it at a party. Furthermore, the idea that your mother let your mother-in-law cook a special dish for her at your MIL's own landmark birthday party is quite beyond the plate. Unnecessary pun if you ask me, but okay. The way you present Mm -hmm. this, your mother behaved in a way that was both rude and entitled. Whether her disordered eating is caused by health problems or specific food-based fears, it's something that she should sort out. If she wants to expand her cuisine and be less limited and fearful, she should seek medical and or therapeutic help. Her eating problems are definitely interfering with her enjoyment of some everyday experiences. In the fe- in the future, that's another one, really quick. Where we've talked in another episode about the professionalism of um, Dear Abby, or like the yeah. like advice being very white collar, like seek help. And that's another one where like it kind of seems like you could just sit her down with like a couple plates of stuff and be like, just just try, just like take a bite. <laughs> And if you yeah. don't like it, that's fine. But literally just take a bite and see if you go to a Korean restaurant it. and get the kimchi platter of all the different pickled things and bring it to her and be like, come on, we're doing <laughs> we're doing therapy. We're doing avoidance therapy. We're, we're slowly going to build up your exposure therapy. Yeah, exposure therapy. Yeah, yeah. Get some we're slowly going to build up your exposure it. to various kimchis <laughs> until you like <laughs> Korean food. Wait, are we not going back to my previous advice of... um? starve her and only give her the option to eat korean food we're not going back to elevator exposure (laughs) therapy (laughs) that's a good point that's a good point in the future you should encourage her to bring her own food in a container no you shouldn't she should eat before she leaves what a rude thing to do i don't know if that's any better to show up with your own brown bag of food (laughs) i will say i'm okay with that because the other option is for her to stare at people while they eat if she wants to be a part of the meal right I it's don't to know sit there it, and just look at people while they eat. I mean, come on. There has to be white rice on the table, right? Like, at a Korean meal. There's something that she can, like, ceremonially just, like, yeah. have in front of her and put in her face. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. I have a very, And you can say, I have a very limited diet, so I need to bring my own food whenever I eat away from home. She should not make any pointed, critical, or specific remarks about the food offered. Of course. This is another thing I wanted to talk about really quick is... um. When I was talking about the like debate where I was talking about, oh, if you're going to a cookout, just bring your own food and cook it yourself or whatever. It reminds me of the policy we had at Trader Joe's where if people had pets, you weren't allowed to bring dogs in the store. But legally, we couldn't bar people from bringing um, not emotional help dogs, but like what are the dogs that actually have like jobs? Um, Service dogs. Service dogs. Yeah. 
they were service dogs were obviously allowed, but the like kind of like the catch of it was we're as employees, we're not allowed to ask people whether or not their dog is a service dog. And so I think that also works here. We're like, as long as they bring an alternative, I'm going to assume that it's for a dietary health, religious reason. And I'm obviously not going to ask you to explain yourself of like what, like, tell me what your specific issue is that way. So our like, advice, it's one of those things where if it happens, our advice it shouldn't be that she has to convert to Judaism or Islam and just say she's halal or kosher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah actually have a very important religious reason <laughs> do uh get 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 someone who's uh well versed in CRISPR, a geneticist to splice in the gene for lactose intolerance <laughs> <laughs> well you know korean food doesn't have a lot of milk or cheese adrian <laughs> oh not... i was meant, i meant in general but yes for this specific <laughs> for this specific person <laughs> Get them to uh, flip the lactose intolerance gene so that you're only lactose tolerant and you have to eat American <laughs> food with lots of cheese yeah, smothered on it. <laughs> you and she should also offer heartfelt gratitude to your in-laws for being so kind and hospitable. All right. Any uh, thoughts on compare and contrast with the answers? Um, Amy's was a lot more annoying. I didn't really like it uh, for the reasons stated, yeah. which is like the bringing up the ableist angle, bringing up the it could be some sort of like I... I think if it was, like, a very legitimate eating disorder, it was something he would have known about because she always, like, it would have been something like the mac and cheese guy you talked about in that video. It would have been obvious from childhood, mm -hmm. and this wouldn't be a new thing he was writing into a column. It, it, it reeks of overwoke pandering to mention that. Yeah, um, can I go ahead and say that Amy seems like the kind of person who doesn't like Korean food? <laughs> Do you think that's it? <laughs> She I think she, she has arfid. This person, yeah. Um, Whereas, I, um, I didn't mention this earlier, but Harriet is a black woman, so that's I think that's, that's why I think she has more of like a our energy of this. Where I think, yeah, it explains a little bit why Harris is like, well, fuck that person, don't invite them over anymore, and fuck them that for fucking being rude to your mom. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> that makes sense. All right, um, you want to set up the cameras? I'm gonna go use the bathroom, and we'll get into segment three. Yeah, man, let's do the big finale. All right. Um, you want to introduce this very special third segment since it was your idea and I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, so this is an Adrian original. Uh, I figured talking about picky eaters, talking about uh, people who are afraid to try new foods, we wanted to be the antithesis of that. And as always, I think Big Facts No Cap is about not just giving empty advice, but leading by example. Um, and so that's why I have given Paul a few key Latin Guatemalan snacks to try that he could find at his local markets. And he has given me a handful of uh, Lebanese Arabic snacks to yeah. try. Um, and I think the goal of it was to have some stuff that we thought were just like straight bangers and a couple things that might be a little bit more challenging. Um, and so we're going to try them on cam and on pod. Yeah. Well, anything you want to say um, kind of like to preface it? No, no. I mean, uh, I'm pretty excited for this. Uh, basically, everything you asked me to grab, I've never tried before except for the... Uh, you know what? Let's start with item number one, uh, plantain chips, the the most common Ooh, yeah. snack that we grabbed for. The snack that you can get at Trader Joe's, I guess, would be a good way to put it. This is going to be a nightmare for people who have a, is it misophonia, where you can't uh, hear people like eat on on uh, on mic? Oh, yeah. If you can't stand that, you might, you might have to skip this section. Sorry, guys. So plantains, a cousin to the banana, really good, like fried kind of whole, like is like the actual like soft product, but 
Also makes a banging chip. Paul, thoughts, rating. Yeah, despite mine being uh, sea salted, they're actually pretty plain fra- flavored. Uh, plantain chips have uh, had a pretty big resurgence, or not resurgence, had a, have had a pretty big uh, have had a pretty big coming up Come in America up, recently. Up. They're not just a Hispanic thing anymore. So I think most of you know about this. You've had plantain chips. This is the uh, most vanilla of the snacks we're trying, and it's a pretty basic. Uh, it's a pretty basic replacement to potato chips. It's good. It's tasty. It works. I think the interesting thing about plantains is they're a little bit like sweet potatoes, like we discussed before, where you can go sweet and savory on them. Mm. And the ones that I actually have have the uh, sweet uh, plantain chip variety is like, oh, you should try this one, too. Uh, but as always, I'm more of a savory boy. So savory plantain chips are definitely the way to go. And as I alluded to earlier, the Trader Joe's uh, plantain chips are actually pretty banging. So they're if you if you if that's accessible to you, good place to get plantain chips. Uh, OK, what do you want to move to next? Do You want to do like a back and forth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I picked I picked the Hispanic food I want to start with. You f- feel free to pick the Arab food. Oh, so I just opened it and I got a big whiff of the smell and um, really sweet sesame smell. It's uh, quite pleasant. All right, we'll skip over the name. Uh, I don't know what these are called. There's something you have around the house as a little snack, as a little sweet, uh, crunchy snack. Sesame packed together in a tight cube. Um. And so this is new for you, Adrian, so feel free to take your bite and let me know what you think. Oh. All right. It almost, in structure, it looks like a Fig Newton. Yours have a filling? Oh, yeah. Mine have a... That is not the same thing, but it's okay. Mine's like a very crunchy, hard-formed. Oh, no. These are very soft. I think also in terms of texture, it, it feel I feel like it's going to be a Fig Newton-y type thing. Again, never had a Fig Newton, but I just imagine. There's a lot of sesame seeds. <laughs> mm, that's what it is. So there is something kind of fruity about the filling. It's because it's dates. Um, so it's just a very like sweet filling. Um, but in terms of like flavor profile, it's not out of the realm of like what I've experienced before. I think I would like it better if it was crunchier and more sesame focused. I'm not super huge on like the um, date sugar filling. So the thing is, I'm going to consider this one. We had a few miniature failures to find each other's uh, exact recommendation. I'm going to consider this one one of those failures. Oh, so you didn't find that. <laughs> like... Well, I guess we started the failure, too, because the plantain chip was a last minute replacement for like the actual like very salty, like savory, like limon and chile Guatemalan chips that you can get at like a bodega or whatever the equivalent would be in Guatemala. Yeah. So we're starting off slow. But I think so uh, the actual so far... thing I was hoping you would get was this, which is uh, I think it's called Simo Simo Mie, which means like mm. hundreds of sesame seeds. <laughs> It's like this hard, brittle, incredibly sesame-flavored uh, crunch. All right, Paul, next call is yours. Ooh, let's try the chicky. We have two fa- different right, flavors of chicky. All right, let's take a stop on over to Cookie Town. This is, I got the strawberry-flavored chicky. And so this is something that I actually didn't grow up eating, but this was what my mom's suggestion was for what she would get if she were... Um, go into the store these look really good these look like something that would be like uh american candies they just look like little delicious graham cracker chocolate candies very professionally made wow interesting they had a way different flavor than i expected mine tastes like a really fake strawberry in a way that i'm not mad at 
These graham crackers are really interesting. I thought it was going to be like a very graham cracker flavor. It's like a different type of cracker um, that I don't really have the dictionary for. Um, here's a picture of Chicky written on the cracker for the audience. The word Chicky is printed in the middle of a diamond. <laughs> very fun. Interesting. It's not like... Yeah, it's different. Okay, I got a little bit confused, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> with my own food. So it comes in a three stack like this. And so I ate the bottom one and thought that these were supposed to be sandwiched together. And that's too much cookie. You definitely want to eat them individually. <laughs> it's a lot of fucking cookie if you eat it all together. <laughs> the bread is more moist than a cracker. It's almost softer than you would expect. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. It's, um, honestly... If I were to eat these, and I probably wouldn't on a daily basis because I'm not huge into sweets, but these are quite good. I almost want to crush these up and eat them in a bowl with milk like cereal. That's it. Something about the graham cracker has a very cereal flavor to it. Mm -hmm. I'm just yeah, trying to good. remember what cereal specifically. So I don't want to go straight from like sweet to sweet. So let's, let's do some of this pomegranate molasses. Uh, yeah, Adrian will show you the actual can of it. My... Mine is just in a Turkish coffee cup, the type that my uh, landlord broke. Um, I just went ahead and poured some in here. And now, Adrian, this would usually be combined with some meat and cooked on something called laham with ajin, um, or it would be used as like a marinade or as like a base for salad dressing. But in this case, that sounds delicious. Yeah. In this case, I think we're just going to try it in its normal form. Um, because I don't know if it's common to eat it like this, going back to a previous part of the episode, what's just my family and what's all Arab yeah, people. Yeah. But this is how I liked it as a kid, because I really liked really bitter, strong flavors. So I would just get a little little bit of it, I would put it in a thing, and I would usually eat it with my finger, but for the sake of not grossing everybody out, I brought a little spoon. I have a chopstick, should I just... Yeah, I think that'll work. That'll be perfectly fine. Not enough, or should I just like take a swig? Um, a chopstick will be fine. I, don't, definitely don't take a swig. It's definitely not something you want a shot of. <laughs> Should I waterfall it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gonna get a... By the way, I'm gonna go ahead and say that pomegranate is one of my favorite flavors. Uh, so... Oh, that's excellent. Yep. That is really good. I think you can find this typically pomegranate molasses, um... It's called Dipset a Man in Arabic. Uh, and I, I actually, to Google it for this episode, I finally even realized what I was saying because Riman means uh, means pomegranate, and I never made the connection that Dipset a Man is really Dip il Man. I just mm. thought it was like Dip Sir Man, <laughs> the words like all strung together. Um, but Googling it for this episode, I learned it was Dip il Man. Uh, it kind of reminds me of this one Trader Joe's customer I had who told me that. Um... I assume it was like part of a diet thing, but she told me that she used balsamic vinegar instead of like chocolate syrup for her ice cream. And I would definitely throw that on top of some vanilla ice cream. I think it would definitely work on top of some vanilla ice cream. I think um, if you ever want like a really flavorful salad dressing, it would work for that. Mm. Uh, also, great thing about uh, international markets, if you want to try any of this stuff, it's not expensive. Like, yeah, the fact that it's like, you know, from out of the country is not a barrier to entry. Um, I did not spend too much on this. Uh, do you want to take a quick uh, delve into Drinktown? I was gonna say I'm getting a little bit, I'm getting a little bit thirsty. We're we're filling our mouths with these crackers and these sesames, um, and I want to try one of the things I was most excited to try from your recommendations, the Sangria Señoral. Yeah, so 
this is one of those things that's kind of like, I think it is Haritos brand, but um, you can kind of get it anywhere. Uh, this probably might be one where everyone's kind of tried it. Maybe they haven't tried this specific flavor, but I have a very specific nice memory of going to a uh, pupusaria or a taqueria with my dad, where uh, we were just sitting, you get it from the food truck, and then they had like this little kind of like seating area. And so we each had a, a sangria little thing. It's not alcoholic, but a little sparkling sangria and our pupusas, and it was a real nice meal. Wow. It's not sweet till the aftertaste, which is interesting, but then the sweetness comes through a lot, almost mm-hmm. immediately as an aftertaste. But while you're drinking it, it's kind of like a smooth, silky flavor with, with some carbonation on my second sip. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. got this carbonation and this like a uh, fig flavor. Is it what, what type of fruit is in here? I guess grape. I don't actually know how they make it because it's yeah, because uh, I assume they just use everything except for like the brandy and wine that you would use in sangria. But I don't know how they try and like mimic that flavor. And it is one of those things where the ingredient list is just flavors. So <laughs> who the fuck knows? <laughs> With citric acid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of those things that like, uh, like I said before, it, it accompanies very meat forward dishes like tacos from a taqueria mm. uh, quite well. I could see that. It almost is like the dipsera man in a way where it's like the, it's it's got that sweetness and it's got that very strong fruit flavor. That's not like it's not the typical like uh fruit juice flavor it's more like the sour part of like fruit flavor yeah yeah um, uh for sure i mean i think like um the haritos and like the other flavors it's definitely sugary like latino people definitely like like sugary drinks for sure yeah we're big coke hounds um in terms of the cola but uh this one has a little bit more like depth to it yeah like i, I said the, the the sweetness doesn't come through till weirdly like it's a it's one of those drinks that does have a different aftertaste than the first taste so it's like Mm-hmm. first the it's like <laughs> it's like an experience in every sip first the first the carbonation hits you and it's got like a smooth carbonated feel and then you get kind of some of that like fruity like figgy uh i mean obviously it's grapes but for some reason fig is kind of what it tastes like to me mm-hmm. um uh like fruity soury grapey flavor and then it ends with a little bit of like this like kind of strong uh sweetness and that's what i'm getting so this is a story time for the audience. I wanted Adrian to get bonjour. He wasn't able to get it. So I said, and it's similar to our first thing, which was the plantain chips. It's something that's become commonplace in America. But growing up, it was actually quite hard to find pineapple juice in non-can form. Like you you could find pineapple juice, but it would be canned for use in like cakes and stuff or dishes. Um, but to find it in like a like just a glass to drink, like just a like closed off glass, was pretty much impossible in America growing up. It's that's changed recently, and it's possible. Um, there's a lot of that in Lebanon. A lot of just drinking pineapple juice as a drink. It's very unhealthy, similar to how Hispanics like sugary drinks. <laughs> it's pretty sugary, yeah. Yeah, but that's why every Arab person's semen tastes so good. <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth, buddy. <laughs> Hey, I'm doing a re- I'm doing a reading rainbow, LeVar Burton. Don't take my word for it. But you couldn't find bonjou, which is like the classic one kids love and that I loved as a kid. So you just got yourself some pineapple juice. For you, it's going to be pretty common, pretty regular. It was from a from a halal market, from like an Arab brand. Okay, nice. Do you have the uh, Do you have the can? No, it. Um, maybe this is part of the authentic experience, but it was leaking in the bag, so <laughs> I threw it away after I poured so uh, the juice into a the different container. Jus. For the audience to see what what makes it fun for kids is the novelty packaging of it being a diamond. Yeah, it's a cute little shape, yeah. Um, and I also got a mango one. 
I also got an orange one, but I already got thirsty and drank that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I will try the try the pineapple one. And I will be honest with you, my memory of these from being a child is that it's basically just basic pineapple juice. It is not a. It is not anything that is going to blow you away. The only reason to get these is for the fun packaging. Truly, an uh, an Arab Capri Sun. <sighs> Tasty. It is good. I think um, it's also a little bit more watery. It's like a very kind of like mild pineapple juice, the one that I got. Mm. This one's also not like an incredibly strong flavor. Mm -hmm. Our next snack, I'm going to take the price tag off so as, uh, so as not to appear gauche. Because I do want to <laughs> For this $100 the, uh... snack you purchased. <laughs> uh, hold on. So we have uh, what I believe Paul has told me is called Amardin. Amardin, yeah. You got that. Do you have scissors on hand? You're going to need scissors to cut this, or you're going to have to take a really funny bite out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do the funny bite. Um, um, yeah, you. so mine are already unpackaged. It looks like this, um, unpackaged. It's like little squares of apricot paste. Uh, this is something I definitely remember seeing Paul eat in the lunchroom in like middle school. Yeah, shout out to Adam again. Um, Adam loved this stuff. He would always ask me to bring him extra for him, and I did. I was always excited when a white person liked Arab food. All right, I have a corner. <laughs> Ready to go. <laughs> this one's going to be a big one for the ASMR heads, because I am smacking and chewing in here. <laughs> yeah, I think one is enough <laughs> for this one. <laughs> we don't need to spend hours chewing. <laughs> yeah, um... Not as sweet as I thought it was going to be. That's actually quite nice. It's a pretty mild flavor. Which I guess we kind of just randomly ended up getting to um, another good pairing, which is everything I've tried so far has not been challenging in any possible way. Mm. I think the pineapple juice people would be like, yeah, of course, like, especially nowadays. The apricot um, sheet is a very mild, fruity flavor. And I think the texture is not anything that Americans would be unfamiliar with. Um, and the sesame stuff was just sweet and, and sesame -y. Now we're getting into the tricky portion. Mm -hmm. um, and Paul is coming in with a little bit of a, a knowledge uh, bias about this particular stuff. Yeah, um, so I haven't tried this particularly that you want me to get, but I have tried fruit covered, fruit covered with tamarind before, and I know I don't like, what is the brand you got that I don't like? Poparindo. Yeah, I know I don't like Poparindos. You asked me to get um, a different brand, which is like these long sticks that were like hundreds of them in a uh, suspended liquid container, but I got the ones that were individually packaged because those looked really wet, <laughs> and I didn't want to deal with the wetness. So the fun thing that I got with the Poporindo is I got their original salty um, chili-flavored tamarind, but I also got the extra spicy, which I'm pretty excited about, so we might do a little hot ones. Uh, Paul, if you want to have a, a last dab question for me while I eat the extra spicy one, <laughs> you have a couple minutes to think of one while I eat the regular one. All right, so I know I don't like the poparino, so I'm actually like, I know what that tastes like, and I'm actually kind of not looking forward to biting into this, to be 100% honest with you. <laughs> it's um, okay, I'm not sure how I feel about the uh, pickle turnip. Um, no spoilers, but... But I will say that I have a lot of friends who are like, really love this stuff, like white friends, so... Like, I mean, I know it's not like a super nasty flavor, it's a fine flavor, it's just not my favorite thing, I don't know why I'm being like weird about it. It is a little funky. It's funky, man. Yeah, um, I mean, ooh, now that it's mellowed out a little bit, I really like it. But the first 
scent and taste sensation that I get. I'm not going to lie. It's not the word armpitty didn't not come to mind. <laughs> Wait, so did you grow up uh, eating this or is this something just your mom said was like uh, a Guatemalan snack worth? It's a little bit of both. It's something that I've experienced because it's kind of like whenever you're at a flea market, these are the kind of things you can like buy for 50 cents and just try. So I definitely had it throughout my life, but um, it wasn't like a big thing. It wasn't something my parents gave me and like really liked. Um, tamarind is a a pretty big flavor, um, but mostly in my younger life, um, I only ever saw it because my parents would sometimes drink tamarind liquor, uh, which I think we had in the house. You see, I like the part of it that's hot. The part of it I don't like is the like kind of crystalline structure you feel against your tongue. You know, the more I go into this, the more I'm enjoying it every time you bite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're kind of right. This is one of those foods where, like, as you eat it, you kind of just want to keep eating it. Also, um, it's definitely one where the spice builds while you eat it. I still, I think I could probably eat, like, a few of these and be totally fine, but you can definitely heal it. You can feel it sneaking up on you as you eat it. All right, well, we've had our meal. Now it's time for dessert. Paul, what you got for me? Pickled turnips. And I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't bring any with me here, so we're just going to get to watch you eat and experience this one. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, <whew. laughs> it fizzled like a soda when I opened it. Is that supposed to happen? <laughs> um, I don't know if I've ever been the first to open a jar. <laughs> it's got a smell. It's got a smell to it, for sure. Um, so this is, if you are eating real falafel, you're going to put some pickled turnip on top. It has to be bright red. That's a big part of it. Yeah, so it's, beets are one of the ingredients. My mom uses just straight up red food coloring. <laughs> also, I don't know if these are, if this is your brand that you guys like, but it does say Lebanese style. No preservatives, no coloring. So these guys are not doing it the uh, Paul's mom's way. I can't tell if I'm stalling at this point. <laughs> it's good, man. It's like, it's biting. It's acidic. It's tasty. I think I think it was that first punch of uh, smell that got me, but uh, all right. Tastes like an earthy pickle. A slightly earthy pickle. Uh, yeah, that's good. I do. I think I, I agree with you in the general sense that I just kind of like pickled things. Nice. Well, I'm glad I like them because I think easily the biggest container of thing that I bought. <laughs> How much was it, if you <laughs> don't mind this? me asking? How much was it? I think it was like four bucks. Oh, okay. That is kind of expensive. Yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. That was not very challenging at all. Paul, any final thoughts? No, not really. I thought this was really fun. Got to try some new things. Um, got to try some old things. Yeah, maybe we'll do a South Carolina taste test at some point. Oh my god, beautiful. <laughs> well, let's do an episode sitting at a table at Sheely's. <laughs> that would actually be really dope. <laughs> and it's family style too, so we have to let anybody who wants to come sit with us <laughs> come sit with us while we do the podcast. <laughs> We just talk to them, we interview them, we're like, what, what is your life, Ben? <laughs> they just tell us about living in Batesburg, Leesville their whole life. That's just another idea for a podcast entirely, is uh, <laughs> sitting at Sheely's. <laughs> sitting at Sheely's, the podcast. Mm -hmm. Me, you, and Bill Clinton, the three hosts. That's an excellent idea. I mean, statistically, in terms of people who have been to Sheely's, it's going to be like Ron Paul or like Rick Santorum, but <laughs> sure, let's invite Bill, Bill Clinton's Clinton. been to Sheely's. Has he really? Yeah, he famously loved barbecue, and he made, like, when he did a South Carolina stop during one of, like, his uh, first primary 
uh, run, he he uh, made a point of going to Sheely's for, because it's like famous Dude. throughout the country. Bill, good choice. It's an excellent place. It's an excellent establishment. <laughs> uh, alrighty, big facts no cap. Let's get out of here. Let's start. Let's stop recording the uh, video right now. I made up the phrase "eat, pray, love" for a reason, and this episode we're concentrating on the first part of that. Eat. You know, there's a broad world of food out there, and you should find and enjoy as much of it as you can because a lot of different cultures, a lot of different places have food that you can learn to love and enjoy. So um, remember to eat. Eat good, y'all. And my no cap is um, in today's millennial foodie culture, there's actually a lot of power in cachet and like being a foodie that's knowledgeable about different cuisines. So if only to like manipulate and influence people and wield power over people, uh, you know, spend some time learning and eating across your uh, comfort zone. Yeah, stunt on people. Big fact. Yeah. No cap. Bye, Adrian. It was a tasty one. KFC, here with sharks and Popeyes. Adidas and Widow play the chicken, get mob ties. A fresh dill, weed crumbs on my pussy. I got my license now, I'm back, see fucking every week. A thick bitch, living Miller, go to work. 3.30 school was out, then I was fresh under her skirt. The project niggas hit that bitch, that pussy went berserk. Don't hit without that Trojan, fuck around, you might get burned. She was raised in the church, turned out in the ghetto. Rock it, pussy, pop it, I swear this bitch deserve a medal. Seen school girls turning to strippers and stilettos. Till I die, if you wanna stop it, get the shovel, bitch. Extra sauce with the bread stuck to the bottom. Freddy Fogiato, all my bitches for a rider. Cop the llama, got the hollows popping up the bear. Got a stain for them hovers, meet me at the hills, bitch. I'm in with the hills on 15. Right on 15, nigga. Shop. I used to hit that motherfucker all the time, nigga. Straight those things and chicken wings, you know what I'm saying? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Skinny nigga. Six wing mouth sauce with all the fries you can give me. I tear them bitches off. I play the chicken with the bread stuck to the bottom. Don't fuck my enemies. What you looking for?